1: Like who, like who, like who, you say? Sports of the max on the air in downtown Minneapolis. Coming your way, 50,000 watts of pure power. Broadcasting live to Australia tonight for the first time. As, uh, we got FCC approval for the first time, so we hope to open up that market at some point uh, down under. So, Hey, mates, we'll be with you throughout. If you got a shark attack, call us. We'd love to hear your uh, version of it right here on WCCO. Um, I have this, uh, I've been at training camp, you know, this week a lot because the Vikings are training, and, you know, sometimes we forget that we're blessed. And, and I always like Mankato as a city and all those things, but, I, but you, you, the drive to Mankato and back for training camp, it can wear you out because you go down there and a lot of days it's really hot. And then you drive back and you want to fall asleep about St. Peter because, you know, it's just one of those things when you're out in the heat and whatnot. And now we go to Egan, which is like really, really close compared to Mankato, and it's, um, uh, it's just easier. It's a simpler time and place uh, to get in and out and you don't have to go down and you know do all your live shots down there and figure all that stuff out. Uh, training camp has changed a great deal. We'll talk to Chuck Foreman about that a little bit later. Uh, but in the, one of the things that I was told about uh, Kevin O'Connell from a good source, <clears throat> I, all my sources are good sources, but this was a really good source. And uh, one of the things that I was told when he was auditioning for jobs, not just here but other places, in the interview process, they get pretty thorough with you. And, and they ask you lots of questions. They try to dig up as much as they can to try to figure out what your personality is all about. And Kevin played um, as a backup in the NFL as a quarterback. And so he didn't, you know, to me that means you had an unbelievable career if you ended up on a roster in the NFL, But when you still live in the NFL like he does, you feel like you're some um, failure because, you you know, you're coaching Kirk Cousins and Kirk Cousins made it and all these people made it. You didn't. So you're surrounded by these people that made it. So you you don't feel that. But I mean, to me, anybody that's good enough to play for the St. Paul Saints has had an unbelievable career because I know how hard it is to be that good. Uh, to get an invite to training camp was really, you know, I remember one of our neighbors back home in Gaylor getting, invited. He, he got signed by the Seattle Seahawks, and it was like, wow, you know. He didn't he didn't stick, but he, it was like, whoa, man, you're the man kind of thing. Anyway, I was told that there was a coach one time that told Kevin O'Connell that he would never be good enough to play in the NFL, that that was the summation based on what they had seen, uh, the, the observations, et cetera. And, and that at that moment, at that juncture, O'Connell made the decision that he would never, ever crush somebody's dreams. That it wasn't his responsibility if he ever coached to tell somebody they weren't good enough. You gotta tell them that you're cutting them, but you, you, as a coach, you cannot, you are not responsible for telling somebody what they can or can't be. You're allowed not to have them on the roster. But you're not allowed to crush their dreams. And he said he had decided at that point that he would never do that to a player or another human being. That he would tell them they're not good enough to play in the league whatever because their dream is their dream and they get to own their own dream. And I thought to myself, I thought, you know, how many of us though have been told we're not good enough? I had it had happened so many times to me over the years. And I, and I know what you're saying out there. You're saying, well, there's a good reason they told you that, Max. You're not. But I wonder sometimes if these people deserve a punch in the face or a thank you note. If that's the catalyst, if that's what we need. And I also wonder sometimes if if we are responsible for telling somebody to point them in a different direction and say, you're not good enough. And I wonder if any of you have experienced something like that, where you've either felt an obligation to tell somebody they're not good enough, or you've been told you're not good enough by someone, and you've gone on to prove them wrong. Six, five, one, four, six, one, nine, two, two, six. Six, five, one, four, six, one, nine, two, two, six. Maybe it was somebody in your family that was told they weren't good enough, and they went on to prove that person wrong. Maybe, maybe it was your parents. Maybe it was whoever. But have any of you ever felt the depth of that rejection, and then come back stronger because of it? Six five one four six one nine two two six. Six five one four six one nine two two six. You can call or text. Fear rejection is one of the greatest fears that we have in life. It keeps us from putting ourselves out there. It keeps us from being vulnerable. It keeps us from all those things that make us, um, that fulfill us and fulfill our potential. Uh, but it's also a natural part of our DNA. And I've long wondered if people should be allowed to tell people what they can and can't be. I think it's a great question because it tells us not just tells us how people should manage. Some of the people that told me I wasn't good enough, I got no idea what they're doing today, but they're not in the media because they got their ass kicked. And I didn't do anything. I just sat and watched them fail and fail and fail. And they had all the answers at one time until they were found out. Um, so I guess that was a motivator for me but I'm not sure if it would have mattered one way or the other, if they if they encouraged or discouraged because I had a goals, just like you all do. And I'm not sure that if they just said you're good or you're not good, it would have mattered to me. But I do know it had an impact at the time, and I do know I've never forgot some of these people because you got to know who you're going to punch when you see them. <clears throat> Let's go to Chuck in Mendota Heights on line one. Chuck, you're on. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you, Chuck?
2: Hey, I, I hardly ever listen to WCCO anymore, but I'm 67, and I heard your story, and I thought, holy moly! i got to tell
1: you this. So, Well, first of all, I'm I glad you to... were listening. <laughs> yeah. We had Australia today, so that was big for us. I thought you maybe were there, but you know you're from Mendota Heights, but go ahead.
2: Yeah. Okay, so in high school, I had a high school counselor that basically said, that, quote, uh, You probably won't get into college, okay? And I thought, boy, that was kind of demotivating, yeah, and uh at the end of the day, though, I ended up going to the u of m did okay, uh, but then a- pr- professor at uh, at the u of m kind of encouraged me to go to law school, and he encouraged me, well, I went to law school and did great, you know not not a super student, but I loved it. Then I went on to to start a career based on my Cousin motivating me to go into the investment world. So my goal in life was to do the investments and then law school. Yep. Well, I went and did the investment thing and loved that. Realized to to do well with these certain type of clients, you got to go to law school. You know the kind of clients who uh, you, you would have to have a background in law and investment. And the end of this, and another part of my career, I ended up helping start up a trust company. Uh, from the ground up, we were very successful, and the bottom line is, I guess when I look back, this guy kind of motivated me, like, you're not going to tell me what to do with my life, yep. so I hope uh, people I hope people hear this story and take it, take it to heart, because you can do a hell of a lot more than you think you can, and this guy, basically, it's like, you're not going to tell me what to do, and it motivated me to do what I ended up doing in my life.
1: Did you ever tell him? I, uh, the high school counselor yeah. you
2: mean no I, I, I'd never tell them no
1: you may want you, just, know, I never went you might want to just him drop him a note or yeah. an email at some point yeah I mean he was dead wrong yeah. trust me. he was dead wrong absolutely yeah. So that's a great story yeah, Chuck and, and now, now that we've got you back can I keep here will you keep coming back to us
2: oh yeah CCO yeah, yeah I love
1: CCO Yeah, plus you sound like you probably made a lot of money, so you're good for our advertisers to have listening, you know?
2: (laughs) Well, I did fine. Yeah, I did fine. All right.
1: Chuck, I appreciate it. Thanks for the call. You're welcome anytime, buddy. You bet. Um, You ever have that happen to you where somebody says, oh, you're never good enough. You're not good enough. I know what used to happen to me was I'd say, so I'm not good enough, I'd say. Let's go through the roster here that you've got here, and you're going to have to explain to me how these people, some of these people, are better than me, and they knew they weren't, right? um, and because uh, they knew, they knew some of the things that went on there, but they didn't want to own up to any of it because then they would have been on the record. Six five one four six one nine two two six. Do you think that's the right approach for Kevin O'Connell to say, or do you you think in some respects we need to hear what we don't want to hear sometimes? And sometimes people are doing us a favor by pointing us in a different direction. Let's go to Mike in his car. Mike, you're on. Oh,
3: hey, Maxie. Hey, Mike. Uh, Years ago, how are you doing? I'm in actually New Hope, but I'm in my car. Yeah, so you're both. Um,
1: We were accurate when we said you're in your car, but you're from New Hope, right? yeah,
3: Yeah, correct. Anyway, years ago, uh, I was pretty shy, and I was working. on to change what I was doing, and wanted to bartend because I had friends that had managed bars. Yep. And I had one one that had uh, managed bars, terrific pr- friend of mine, and a terrific uh, manager. And he saw me behind the bar. And I, and he said, I'd never be able to, uh, he said, Mike, I just want to tell you the truth. You'll never be able to bartend. You're just not made out for it. He was right at the time because I was shy and I really messed up. But nobody can ever tell how much you have in your heart. Yep. And I wanted it so bad that for about a few weeks, I didn't go back to it. I was a little bit heartbroken. But then I went back, worked at a couple bars for free to learn how to do it. And anyway, story ends. I learned how to do it. I did it over 10 years, and I ended up owning two bars of my... Uh, you ended up owning two days. bars? Correct. Wow. One 20, one 20 years ago, and one I just sold a couple of years ago, I had for over 10 years. What was the name of it? The one I had uh, recently was uh, Good Sports Bar and Grill, just north of uh, downtown Minneapolis.
1: Wow. That's an amazing story, no. but that, see, that's it, man. You knew what you had. You did it. You overcame well, it. Maybe he was I, right to tell you that, but, but maybe you were right to act on your better judgment.
3: Well, you have to believe in yourself. Yeah, you and do, because nobody else will sometimes, bad. right? That's correct, yeah. and I, uh, I learned from that a lesson that I'll never say, because I used to, uh, you know, when I was a lot younger, I used to say, oh, I could never do that. I could never own a bar. I could never go to college. And I ended up going to college and graduating. Um, and uh, I'm very lucky because I learned a lesson that, n- to me, at least for me, I would anybody I say I'm like you, or like uh, Kevin O'Connell, I would never tell anybody you can't do anything because I can never tell how much somebody, how bad somebody wants. There from you me. go. And how much heart
1: they have. Absolutely. Hey, appreciate the phone call. Congratulations on a great career and making the most of it, Mike. Thank you for sharing it with us. When we come back, Kathy Newall was patiently waiting, and I'll tell you a story of a famous, famous person who overheard somebody and it motivated his life forever based on what he heard about him and their assessment of him when we come back. Stay with us at Sports to the Max. It's now my training camp tradition: go out to Egan and then go over to Dickie's Barbecue, about five minutes away from TCO. And um, I did yesterday. Tom Hegerud and staff were there. I, I I went with the the uh, Polish kapasha. I think is how you pronounce it. God, was that good? Mouth watering good. I mean, the kind where you kind of go, can I come back here for dinner? That good. And then I had a beef brisket with it, and I put. You know, they they have their own sauce. They ma- they make their own sauce out there. And they got a patent on and all those things. And, and then I put the sauce on myself. That's way you do it so you can you know, you get three different sauces to choose from. And I put on um, uh, the iced tea and, and lemonade. I mixed they their own iced tea too. Was oh, that delicious? Dickie's Barbecue in Egan. Now, if you need an event catered, you can get that same mouth-watering flavor and taste by calling Dickie's Barbecue Pit in Egan. Click on dickies.com and go to the Egan location and let them cater your next event. And be sure you include some of that brisket with their special, special homemade sauce because it is, I can't see it in it, mouth-watering. Dickie's Barbecue. Five minutes from Vikings training camp, a part of Vikings tradition now. Dickie's Barbecue. Look them up on the web anytime at com Welcome back. We were just talking about the motivation of when somebody tells you you can't and it's been relayed to me from, good sources that Kevin O'Connell said that that happened to him in his life were a coach who should remain nameless said, you're not good enough to play in the NFL. And he said, I will never, ever tell anybody that. I might tell them they can't play for us, but you don't have a right to tell them they can't play in the NFL. That's their dream, not yours. And you don't get to decide their dream. And it got me thinking, how many of you have had some dream shattered or falsely shattered? Or maybe, you know, maybe it was one of those things that did a number on you and you never did follow through with what you wanted to be because somebody told you you weren't good enough. 651-461-9226. Text us or call us. 651-461-9226. You can text us or call us with text line up too. Here's one that says, how about Winston Churchill? I don't know what happened to him. Somebody tell him he wasn't good enough. Or, or did he tell other people they weren't good enough? I don't know. Oh,
4: I, th- uh, I, think that was, I think that was a comment from earlier with uh, I think something that uh, DeRussia was talking about.
1: What could he have possibly been talking about if somebody
4: would have said, how about Winston Churchill? I think they were just, they they were talking about age and presidents and leaders and stuff like
1: that. Let's go to Kathy on line one. Kathy, you're on Sports to the Max.
2: Hi. I just wanted to comment on that. um, Someone tells you you can't do it and you end up turning it around. I played college basketball at the University of Oklahoma. and my senior year, we got a new coach. And he told all his former players that we were at the bottom of the cookie jar and would never see any playing time. That motivated me more than ever, and yep. I beat out everybody else who was able to play. So I think it
1: works in a good way. What Do you think he was trying to get that out of you, or do you think he really meant it?
2: Oh, yeah. I think he really meant it. He didn't like any of us. Really? I think he, he did not want any of us, some of them automatically transferred because he was not... Not the best uh, Human being Influencing coach
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 And by the way We never account for that But uh, you know The idea the coach Is always right Is not always right Because a lot of coaches Are bad coaches And they shouldn't be coaching But we're not supposed To say that yeah. to them Because You're we're the players long. So we're not supposed To challenge them You know what I'm saying So yeah. Kathy I'm glad I that you like did that I'm glad that you hung in there And I'm glad that For the rest of your life You get that as a stripe, uh, a stripe On your letterman's coat So to speak You know Yep thank Thank you you much yeah thank you for calling and sharing that with us Uh, let's go to Charles online too Charles you're on Charles are you there oh I'm sorry Andy Andy's in Boom, Andy are you there
5: hey Maxie hey yeah Yeah, I uh, when I was a junior in high school yep my uh, metal shop teacher threw me out of class he uh, told me that I'd never amount to anything well Shortly after high school, I got a job in the industry uh, worked my way up through the ranks as machinist to become a class A machinist after so many years and then I went on to to run uh, run the operations in uh, uh three very successful machine shops really Plus, I've, uh now i'm uh, uh run my own business in the transportation industry. Did you ever tell him? I wish I could have, but at the time that uh, he was my teacher, he had one foot on a peel and the other in the grave. I got you. So I'm I'm sure he got his just desserts.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Andy, that's a great story. Congratulations on not giving up, and thank you for inspiring us. Thanks for calling in.
5: Oh, yeah, I love listening to you, Max. You have a good one. Yeah,
1: me
4: too. You catch that? Tubbs, I said, "Me too." Yeah, I, I, I caught it. Love I, listening I, to me. I love listening to me too. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like a TV guy that loves the sound of his own voice uh, and the, the look of his own Not as much as I like the look when I get this new makeup now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I know. Okay. Hey, well, you just strike me as a guy that loves to wear makeup, Maxie. You, you, but Max, I mean that like, in the nice way. Like, I'm not, I'm not on TV tonight. I just. But, but you're, you you're, you're still dressed my, up, though. Yeah. I mean, you're, uh, yeah, I mean, this is. Some makeup on and everything, because you never know who you're going to run into. Uh, I know. Well, Short of tooth, but I'm good. Yeah, okay. well, geez, and I'm wearing my Metrodome T-shirt, so I guess, <laughs> you know, we're, we're both dressed in the nines. <laughs> um So there's this
1: this coach that told me this story. He told it to me in an interview, so I can repeat it. He was um, he was um at the drugstore when he was a kid, and it was one of those fountain drugstores where you get ice cream and everything else and that kind of thing. And his mom and his aunt had brought him there. And uh, the, he was standing uh, in a row so the people at the counter couldn't see him, uh, but he could hear them because he was standing that close, but they couldn't see him. And they were talking about him, and he picked up on it. And the one said to the other, um, can you believe that that lady is trying to save up money to send him to college? What a waste. Really? Why would you do that? That's exactly. a, that? That is a waste of time and money and effort. That kid's never going to amount to anything. And he's hearing this about himself. These two, I don't know if they're pharmacists, but they were at the drugstore at the counter. And, and obviously it was, a, it was a place that they had frequented, so he knew. They, they knew the family. and
4: Sure, they, they knew kind of who the kid was and his character and all that.
1: Yeah, whatever assessment they had made. Sure, they had yep. said, that, how stupid is that that they, they would ever spend time trying to save money to get that kid to college? And he said, and as he said it, obviously it was coming back to him, you know, and it was like, I'll show you. Mm -hmm. He said, I committed myself that day that I was going to do something with my life and I was going to prove those people wrong. That man's name is Lou Holtz. And he went on to become one of the great college football coaches in the country ever. But he said he was standing there and he was listening to this. And they were degrading him without him knowing, saying he'll never amount to anything. It's a waste of money that they're even trying to prepare this kid for college. And he said, that seared me so deep that I said, I will prove them wrong for the rest of my life. And I think he did,
4: didn't he? Yeah. So I, you and, never know. Yeah. And, and, you know, some people, like to be successful, some people, yeah, you, you might think it's going to college, but it could. It could be the simplest thing, you know, getting yourself out of a bad situation, having a family, having a job. You know, it, it's like so subjective. But to hear something like that, yep, it, there are some people that, when you hear something like that, Maxie, it can either motivate you, make your break you, right? It, it can, mo- yeah, it can make you or break. Yep. You, no doubt,
1: and it's a decision that you have to make, and it's a tough one sometimes because there's always
4: a little part of you saying
1: maybe they're right. When we come back, Chuck Foreman, Minnesota Vikings and training camp next.